0: Thank you for choosing to listen to episode number 52, the last of this year of Kansas City Food Memories. This is a good one, but please remember this is a taped presentation of a live show, so do not call in or text in when prompted. If you like this show, try to listen to us live every Saturday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. You can hear it on the Odyssey app or locally here in Kansas City. Thank you and enjoy. This is Robert Dunsing, and thank you for tuning in this wintry day to Kansas City Food Memories, where we talk about the people, the places, and the food that make Kansas City such a great place to live. Now, the last few weeks, I've had several guests that I obviously need to bring back for even more stories. I had Ron Reagan of Reagan's Riverboat, Whiskey, Whisker Rivies, I'll never learn to say that, the legendary Ken Hill, his son Mike, Bill Latimer, and Rob Baker, all from Gilbert Robinson, then I had Paul Corey from uh, Gilbert Robinson, and then uh, founded PB and J, and then last week I had his partner Bill Crooks. So we got a lot of great stories about the legends, kind of the trends in restaurants, and kind of what I think made them modern day legends of the business. And it's um that's pretty good. I'm pretty proud of that that lineup we've had recently. Not too bad for a show that's never been done before. Now this week we're finishing up our very first year. This is episode number fifty two. And I feel like we've really only scratched the surface of um, the potential out there. Now, if you're a new listener to Kansas City Food Memories, be sure to go back and listen to any of the, some of these shows on any podcast platform, like Spotify, Apple, and Google. It'll be like a trip back in time. They'll bring back memories that you thought were long lost. That's probably the neatest thing about the show that none of us um, foresaw. saw. Now, today... My guest was suggested by several listeners and guests of can Food Memory, including Rod Gray from Pellet Envy, and then a, a former employee of his, David Dwyer. I don't know if you remember him. He worked for you at the Holiday Inn. But my, um, in reading up on Paul, I, I think I realized that I've actually crossed paths with him back in the 1980s and 90s. Uh, so Paul, um, I hear that, did you work at the Holiday Inn over there?
1: Yes, I did. I was a chef there. Okay. I also worked for Gilbert Robinson. Oh, did you really? Yes. What did you do for them? I uh, ran 100 West. 100 West? Yes. Where was that at? Or what down was on it? down on the plaza. Okay. 100 West of Maine.
0: Okay. What kind of what kind of food did they have there?
1: Uh, we really didn't have a whole lot of food. It was a bar. Okay, it was a bar. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, you know that some of the story we've had. I had the original people from Gilbert Robinson, Ken Hill, he was one of them, and Bill Latimer and all those. It was great hearing the stories about what they first started to do and then when they entered the growth stage. And I've had, I think I've had maybe eight people on the show, and I've talked to another 15 or 20 at their bakery. They come in and tell me stories. It's just, they changed the whole restaurant scene in in, in Kansas City and really in the United States. I agree. The professional approach they took to business. But it, what's real funny, so that on my show we've done this fifty weeks, but it's always been interesting that when we hear stories, how we connect the dots from one guest to another to another. I had Jim Eddie on my show, and when he was uh, the first time he was on my show, Marilyn May called.
1: it. I used to work for the Eddies, also. Oh, did you really? <laughs> uh, Jim or uh, Ned or? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. And senior, okay, the uh, out of the stadium.
0: Oh sure. Oh yeah. That's when they first did the. And um, Jim's going to be back on my show uh, soon. When they first took over the catering out at out at Arrowhead, I think Jack Steadman and approached yeah. them and says, "Hey, we need help. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's what we have is not working. Can you can yeah. you come out here? You know." So that's. But you know, I love connecting the dots, and with you and I is. So my first job out of college was with for an industrial company called uh, Red Redline Controls, and I had to do um, schedule training, and so I need meeting rooms, and I needed, and I wanted to have good food. And so we always did the Holiday Inn there in Lenexa because it was a great facilities and the food was wonderful. Thank you. And, you know, what's interesting is that food at the hotels like the Holiday Inns back in the 80s was a big deal. Right. Did, did you do um, any buffets there? Or oh, did, yeah. Uh, how much prime rib would you
1: go through? I, I don't remember. Really was it a remember? lot? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I know that the Holiday Inn in Lenexa and the one down in Olathe both just did gangbuster business. Yeah. I mean, just tons, tons of uh, prime ribs. So, thank you for taking care of me. Gosh, what was that? Forty, forty years ago?
1: Am I that old? <laughs> yeah, thirty-five,
0: forty. <laughs> years. So, take care of me. All right. So, Paul, your last name is Paul. Your your name, your full name is Paul Kirk. Your nickname is the Baron of Barbecue. Yes. Do I have to call you Baron or Mister Kirk? Or
1: no, I don't really. You know, when people say something about me giving myself. A title there is no way I would give myself a title <laughs> I in fact I, I shun uh, being in in the live light yeah you know I, I put my pants on one leg at a time just like everybody else does I have a lot of God-given talent which I thank him for every day uh, and I enjoy what I do so no you, Paul's fine
0: okay Paul okay I'll try and I'll try to resist my
1: nickname, Butch,
0: Butch. OK, well, you know, it's we'll get to the barbecue part in a little bit. But you've grown up in Kansas City. Can you think of any restaurants back in the 50s, 60s or 70s that stood out to you that you miss?
1: No, I really can't. Because really? I, I don't quantitize things like that. Just like, you know, uh, if I go to a place and, you know, I like it, I go. Now, probably the the only one I can say is. The Savoy. Okay. Because uh, I grew up uh, on fresh lobster, clams, and oysters here in Kansas City. Because my dad was a pilot for TWA, and oh, every time oh, he man. had the Boston run, I swear, the b- whole belly of the plane was full of lobsters, clams, and oysters for him and all his cronies.
0: Oh, wow. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. So you didn't really suffer a lot as a kid then? No. No. No, well, that's good. So um, I, as the listeners know, I very rarely talk to my guests ahead of time because I want to keep it kind of organic and kind of go places, but I had to ask you about an older, earlier memory of barbecue just because I consider you one of probably the top five people, experts in Kansas City that I really want to talk to, you know, just because it's not just, it's not statistics things on how many awards you've won, anything like that, but it's also at how you give back to other people, you know, the and how you've treated other people and the stories that you have to tell. See,
1: I think giving back is, I you know, I love to give back. I love to teach. Yeah. Uh, I don't do my classes anymore. I do some one-on-ones, uh, but I don't have hosts who will sponsor the classes. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. All right. Hey, Sam, if you're in there, let's um, – uh, Sam's in here today instead of Rocco. Let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. For the listeners out there, the phone number is 913-586-7798. And you're welcome to call in on that number. It's also the text line. So if anybody out there has a story or happen to know Paul and want to share a story or ask him a question, this would be a great time to do that. This is kind of an open format. We kind of go wherever it leads. And so the phone number, again, is 913-586-7798. If you've ever wanted to talk to one of the foremost experts of barbecue in Kansas City, that remembers that back in the day when it was still formative, uh, today would be a good time. All right, so Paul, so uh, you were telling me something that on Bryant's, Arthur Bryant's, right. Wh- what 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 do you remember of that?
1: Well, the uh, first time I ever went there, my I was carrying hot in the summertime for my employer Lloyd Johnson, and uh, he says you want to go have some expletive barbecue. And I said, "Yeah," and I was just amazed. Especially you go through there. And I don't know if Richard was working there now, but making the sandwich, and you know, my eyes were just wide open. And uh, eventually, I got to sit down and talk to Arthur, who was a very quiet and gentle man.
0: So uh, barbecue wasn't that big a deal back then yet. I mean, was there? No, just-
1: it really wasn't. The uh, most of the barbecue I had was what my dad did. Uh, I grew up doing Asian style barbecue, basically, uh, Chinese where my dad hung everything. Yeah. Uh, he built a pit. He, uh, during World War II was a good friend of Trader Vic. Uh, he used to fly PBYs, the flying boats over to Hawaii. Uh, got shot at once from (laughs) German (laughs) ships, but, uh... He, he really, and you know, that's what he did during the war. And when he got back, so I grew up eating more Chinese food than I did barbecue. But uh, my dad would have, he comes from a, a not a real large family, I think five. And my mom came from seven. And we always had family reunions in our house, and he would barbecue. Yeah. And, uh, I guess that's where I got hooked on it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, we are incredibly blessed and spoiled right now with the the kinds of equipment that are available to do anything we Oh, want. that's fact. You know, it's just, you know, back then, you know, you had to build a, a brick Yes. Kit, you know, because uh, yeah the, you could probably do open grilling, but that's different from barbecue. Yeah. But, I mean, nowadays, I mean, you can get, you can still get stick burners. You can spend, gosh, $300 on a stick burner up to ten grand. you
1: know, for a heavy-duty yeah, I only have three of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, you have those. You know, then you have... Um,
1: and the nicest thing, I didn't have to pay for any oh, of them. Oh,
0: well, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of neat. You know, you take those old propane tanks, you know, convert them over to the big burners and propane, things like that.
1: Propane? Yeah. Please. <laughs>
0: well, you know, so you have those, you know, and, and the pellet grills nowadays, you know, it's it's probably... viewed yeah, I to call just them cheap.
1: pellet poopers. I have one of yeah. those, too. Yeah,
0: but, you know, I mean, it's just, it's all about... You got to have balance because you know if you don't have tons of time, it's still nice being able to. I uh, you know I I have a I have a pellet grill that I absolutely love because I mean it has an electronic. I know you know but I just I just no, I know
1: you don't know yeah I make I make fun of the things like that. I said, but I tell people, especially in my classes, it doesn't matter what ha- what grill you have, yeah. what smoker. Yeah. Learn how to use it the best you can, and you're gonna come out with great barbecue. Yeah.
0: You know, because you can make bad barbecue on a stick burner. And yes, just, you can. It's yeah. funny on the forums that people on the pellet grills, you get the stick burners making fun, saying that there's no smoke flavor. And some of those people that they're... they're you
1: learn how to use it, there is. Yeah. I know for a fact. Oh,
0: yeah. You know, some of those people, they're used to bad smoke. Yes. You know, they, they get the dirty smoke that's not good for you and tastes horrible. <laughs> but that's what they're used to. But yeah. I mean, you can do what you want. But, you know, it's just the technology we have today is just... You know, like on my pellet grill, you know, I, I can set the controller, and I can it, it'll run all night long. Right. And if it varies by more than five degrees, it'll give me an alarm on my phone, you know, so I don't have to get up and check it all the time. It's, it's just nice.
1: Yes, it is. Being
0: able to get a full night's sleep and still have brisket for lunch.
1: Making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. All right, so before we get to a couple other things, Paul, so um, I do have a text line. So one person wants to know, how can he schedule a private lesson with you? And how much does that cost?
1: I haven't done one in so long. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to say they're $500. All
0: right. So so the texture, if you're really serious about that, call over to my bakery at Best Regards Bakery and um, Cafe in Overland Park. And if you are serious, give me the message, and I'll pass that on to Paul.
1: And once you get in the class, you'll learn how to make a rub. You will cook a brisket, a pork butt chicken and ribs and you could take that home. Yeah. Cuz so. you used to
0: do a lot of classes.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And uh so before I forget, you did the book. Was it um was it championship or competition uh, barbecue? What was the title of that?
1: I don't remember okay. all the cuz I've done 12 of them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean there's the big book that was the one that that everybody kind of talks <coughs> about and that was the big seller. And it's still available at, at Amazon. Yeah. Things like that, but so when you did the books, what was every, when you first did it the first time? Was everybody doing books, or was that kind of a, a new thing?
1: Not to my knowledge, everybody wasn't doing books, and it would, took me a long time uh, to do a book, and and I started writing it without a. a, a whoever promotes it, yeah. Uh, I've had, well, I guess I talked to Judith Furtick and uh, Karen Adler. Right. They've done
0: lots of books. Yeah. Uh,
1: and I'm friends with them. And uh, they said, why don't you do one? And that's basically what started it. Uh, well, good. So, and like right now, I'm, and I should do it today, writing a, a book for bed and breakfast, and one for aviaries uh, with honey, uh, little booklets. Uh, and I'm starting to do that more now than, than the big cookbooks. Okay.
0: All right, Paul, so you've lit up the text line. Do you even know how to send a text, Paul? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you're not the first on this show. I've probably had a dozen people that uh, Toby jokes you know, about not knowing how to do a text. He still has an old flip phone. Yeah. Toby Tobin. All right, so a couple of texts on here you find interesting. Uh, somebody said that they had uh, good meetings at the Holiday Inn for their pet grooming expos, and said thank you for great memories and great prime rib. How thank how you. is how cool is that that somebody forty well, that, years later
1: remembers what you did? That is tremendous. You that, know. That's
0: that's that's pretty neat. Stuff like it?
1: that I love to hear. Oh yeah.
0: Then somebody said one hundred West was the bar that was located in the same spot that later became Annie Santa Fe. Right. That was on the plaza. Yeah. And so we've talked to stories about that. So that was one of the earlier ones that they did. And then, okay, this one don't don't talk too long. It's I only have an hour show on this one. It says does ball Paul cook on an offset smoker, and what's your opinion on the new hot and fast cooking on barrels?
1: Well, I was probably the first person to cook on barrels. Okay. Uh, did you know what's the uh, he wrote? Did
0: you know Snail, who is rumored rumored to be the creator? Of the barrel and hot and fast
1: cooking, uh, pretty much the, the I know snail very well. So, who was the first? You or
0: snail? Me. Okay. All right. So the the the, the, the texter I know that that Paul was actually the first. All right. So tell me the difference between hot now, and fast. Now let,
1: let me qualify that. The <laughs> well, don't back my, down now. I'm not going to back out. The. Uh, Mine was a 55-gallon drum with a 16-gallon drum on the bottom for the firebox. Okay. Where theirs is much more sophisticated right. than mine was. Okay. And I hung everything Chinese-style rather than have layers of, right. of grates in there. Okay.
0: All right. So for, for the listeners that aren't familiar, barbecue is, was traditionally supposed to be low and slow. And then um, I'll know how long ago they started coming up with the hot and fast. And uh, I don't know what percentage, but in competitions, there's more and more people doing brisket hot and fast. If
1: you enjoy it, do it.
0: Okay. Which? Okay, if you did a blind taste test and they used the same recipe on the rub and everything else, could you tell the difference? I doubt it. Yeah. See, that tells you something right there. Yeah. So... You know a brisket. I mean, you could take fourteen to eighteen hours, depending on the size and other right. conditions. How fast can you cook a brisket?
1: I don't know. I've never tried okay. to do it oh, fast. Oh yeah, you, know, you
0: haven't. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so you're not really biased one way or the other. On no. Any of this I'm, I'm,
1: like I got to tell people if you what you're doing, you enjoy, you like it, and the people enjoy it. Of course, you know people say, "Oh, my neighbor, he makes the best barbecue around. What he charge you for it?" Well, no, we just get hooked in, or yeah. <laughs> are you going to tell them yeah. you don't like it? Uh, well, you know, it's really funny online
0: on some of the forums that everybody, there's some people that just get so worked up saying their way is the only way, but the more educated a lot of us become about foods, the more flexible we are, and there's there's multiple paths to get to the same location.
1: I agree. I love to hear new ways and yeah. try new ways. Yeah. Uh, I'm not stuck on anything. Yeah. Uh, I, I normally do it the same way. I pretty much always do it, but I will try new and different, different ways to do. All
0: right, Paul, go ahead and put your headphone on. Sam, let's go ahead and go to line one. Okay. Dan, are you there? I'm here. All right. Well, hold on a second. He's getting his headphones on.
2: All right. I got a lot of time.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, uh, Paul, this uh, the caller's name is Dan. Dan, what's your question?
2: My question? My question and statement is a grill is my worst enemy, but I can kind of maneuver my way through. I'm going to ask you to tell me, say I got a couple slabs of baby back ribs. I got a new pit boss grill smoker. Tell me how to cook them, how you would do it.
1: I would just season them and put them in the smoker. (laughs) And I normally cook uh, around 250 for me. Uh, Sometimes ribs I'll cook hotter because they seem to taste better cooked hot than they do at the the 250, so I'll go up to 275. I very seldom will go up to 300.
2: For how long about?
1: Uh, Baby backs take me about four hours. Four hours. Do
2: you uh, put? It, do you spray them with anything once they're on, or you just put them on there and leave them on and, and and let it go?
1: I will probably after half halftime cooking, I will spray them with apple juice occasionally, especially if they look like they're drying out. You don't wrap them in foil or anything <sighs> like that.
0: <laughs> okay, don't get don't give my guest a heart attack here. But Dan, in all fairness, I was going to ask him the same thing.
1: The, uh, no, I do not wrap in foil. I don't wrap in anything.
2: Okay. About four hours and then just spray them with apple juice after 30,
1: 40 minutes. Yes.
2: And season them with kind of any kind of seasoning I got.
1: Well, hopefully you have a, a barbecue rub. Uh, and to me, a barbecue rub would be a balance between sugar and salt, uh, Paprika and your favorite seasonings.
0: All right, hold on a second, Dan. Um, yeah, Paul. So w- when you spritz it with apple cider, did you say uh-huh. half an hour or halfway through the
1: cook? Halfway through the cook. Yeah, Dan. Oh,
2: halfway through the cook. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, th-
1: that'll make a big difference because everything's set at that time. You won't wash it off,
2: and and they should come out tender.
1: Yes, they should. Well,
0: okay. Well, hold on. Let's clarify that. All right, yeah. Paul. So, so, do you like it fall off the bone tender, or you like it competition style where there's still a bite?
1: I like it with a bite. I and and the way I test for doneness, you know, I've seen people put a thermometer in between the bones. I just laugh right. at them. But right. I take two bones side by side, and if they tear easy, they're done.
2: Okay. But, yeah, that was another question. I can't figure, you know, they 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 say the experts don't like them to fall off the bone, and, and that confuses me there because when they're bone tender, whatever they call it, to me there's still meat on the bone.
0: Yeah. Well, that has to do with competition because in, in barbecue competitions, you're graded down if the meat is falling off the bone.
2: Uh,
0: so, I mean, well, but, but, you know, it's, it's like Paul would say, when you're cooking for yourself at home, you cook it the way you want to eat it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you well, like a tender falling off the bone? I do. Okay. So, if if didn't cook that, it that way. Yeah. So, will if he if need I to wrap it, it to way. get that way? What's that? I was asking Paul if 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 you should wrap it if you want it to fall off the bone tender.
1: That'll get it done faster. Yeah. But the, you're losing a lot of flavor with that this steam in there. People and oh no, I'm not. They still delicious. Well, then keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the beauty of it, Dan. There's no barbecue police out there that's going to bust you in your
2: backyard. You can cook uh, it. Well, and, like uh, I said, I can finagle my way through it, but I was just kind of wanting to hear it from an expert, yeah. you know, so I can and try it that next day. So
1: Good. next time. So all,
0: all right. right. Well, Dan, come by my bakery and tell me how it went,
1: and bring some uh, ribs. <laughs> uh, text me your address. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Well,
0: we'll take care of you. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate you calling.
2: Hey, thanks a lot. All right. All right. See so you. Can
0: you can, uh, Paul, you can take your headphones off if it bothers you. So it, uh, so. let me ask you to, to piggyback on Dan's. Are you a believer in putting the, the rub on there a few hours before you cook, or does it not make any difference?
1: I don't really think it makes any difference. The biggest problem with putting it on before, it, it draws moisture out of the slab or whatever you're barbecuing, And that could possibly rub rub off. So no, I I season it and I put it on. Okay,
0: yeah, because you know on the on the forums you get all these people doing what I call busy work. You know things, tricks, and things that they swear by that makes a difference. And they call it dry brining. You know, putting the spices on it and
1: can't argue with that term. Yeah,
0: yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. But you don't obsess over little things like that. No, good. All right, so the different kinds of smokers that that's that makes it easier for the regular person, you know, listening to my show to make good quality barbecue. Um, what do you think of some of those equipments, like pellet grills?
1: Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> but but you have one, don't you? Yes, I do. All right, which one do you have?
1: Uh, it's you know it's an old, old, okay. old one. In fact, I'm gonna I'm in the process of. Uh, Trying to get uh, Traeger to take it to Fur's museum, it's that old. <laughs> it's 40 years old. Okay, yeah. And uh, then I'm going to make a bacon smoker out of it okay. but, and ask him Yeah. for a, 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 a smoking apparatus or machine yeah. to put into, uh, it's a big uh, old restaurant, uh, I don't even know what they call it anymore, a I've been out of the restaurant business so long, uh, but... It has. I can put shells in there. I oh yeah. Put rods in yep. there. Yeah. Uh, God, love making homemade bacon. So so, so we easy. know.
0: So we know you have. Well, I'll talk to about about that later. I, I haven't done that yet, but it's the next thing I want right. to do. I, the bacon I serve at our bakery, at Best Regards. I buy the um the bacon from uh, Paradise Locker, up in Trimble, Missouri. Yeah. I mean, I just I love their pork. They're field raised Berkshire hogs. Right. Just I mean, you, you start with good meat. That makes it a lot better. Oh yes. But, I, I, gosh, I go through hundreds of pounds of their bacon in the summertime because I get local local tomatoes and things like that. So it's, um, so you have a stick burner and you have a pellet grill. Do you have yes. anything else that you use?
1: Uh, yeah, I have a bubba keg, which is a knockoff of your, uh, what is the? Green, big, big green egg? Yeah, big green okay. egg. And a gas grill. You still use a gas grill? Ugh. I have one. Okay. I if that, I'm going to do steaks, I will use the gas grill. Really? Yes. Yes.
0: Oh, you're not going to do charcoal for steaks?
1: What? No, because it's just my wife and I, so yeah. it's one steak. Yeah. One nice ribeye. Yeah. Oh. So.
0: I, that, that is, is that your favorite steak, ribeye?
1: Yes. Not even close?
0: That's um, my my mine as well. I mean, the perfect yeah. balance between the flavor and the tenderness.
1: Yeah, and the ratio of fat to meat. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, All right,
0: you're making a lot of us hungry.
1: Well, I want to know where you're where you were supposed to bring some brisket or something. Well, I no, mean. I
0: brought you some sweets. If you look in that box, you got something there that'll occupy you. All right, so um, so uh, for the listeners out there, the phone lines are open nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. We've now established that Paul's willing to give a little barbecue or smoking advice, which is kind of nice for us novices out there that like to experiment. And then uh, so if any listeners that are have crossed paths with Paul, Paul Kirk, the barbecue baron, would like to share a story, ask your question, either text in or call in. I've got quite a few different um, texts coming in. I've got a, ooh, an uh, interesting one that I want to ask, ask. But the phone number is 913-586-7798. Now, if you enjoy this show, please come out and support Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. That's the place that my wife and I own. We've been in business now for 30 years and in the current location for about a little over 12 years. We're at 119th in Glenwood and Overland Park, two blocks east of Metcalf. Now, you want to go to my website. The website is called MakeThemSmile.com because that's what we do. Go there and sign up for my email newsletter. That way you'll keep up to date on what's going on. So real quick for the listeners out there, you're going to want to go out. Uh, The roads aren't bad. It's just a little cold and cloudy. Now I want to thank, uh, before I do anything else, I want to thank all of you listeners because we just had the best month that we've ever had in our 30 years in business. And we couldn't have done it without you, the listeners, and our loyal customers over the years. Now if you sign from email, email, you will know that we're having a weather wonk special because the weather weather people out there, they're – showing the map, showing 15 to 20 inches of snow in about eight days. Um, We're doing a special. So you can get a quart of the Kansas City Steak Soup, the best soup I've ever created, or the 20-hour chicken noodle, and then get a half Swedish tea ring. So if you go to MakeThemSmile.com, you'll be able to see what that looks like. It's a great meal for a couple people and desserts. Uh, You can get that for just $29.99. That's about $5 off. But go onto the website, you can see what it looks like. But you can come into the bakery today before 2 o'clock and just pick that up yourself. Now, we also have a limited number of Epiphany King Cakes because today is actually the day of a, Epiphany. So if you like that, so we're making the classic King Cakes, either cinnamon or cherry, and you can walk in and get that. And then lastly, if you happen to be watching Channel 9 News yesterday, you will know that we are already taking orders for Kansas City Chiefs Sugar Cookies for the playoffs. The first game I don't think has been scheduled yet, whether we're playing on Saturday the 11th or the 12th, but we're taking orders for the Chiefs cookies, and we will sell out before then. And if you don't want to stand in line and risk uh, being shut out, you can place the order online for at least the next week before we sell out. Then last thing I want to do is I need a little bit of help from you, the listeners. I've had a lot of you that have come in or called in and given me leads And I've asked you to call me back with the person's name or phone number, and I I, I need that follow-up because I can't keep track of everything. So New York Bakery and Deli, I have quite a few people that say they know the family or part of the family that originally owned owned it. um, I want to do a show on that. Joe's Barn, I've got five different people that say they're family members or general manager or kitchen manager that say they'd love to do a show, but I haven't gotten follow-up on those. So if you have that information... Call me at the bakery or come by and let's get that scheduled. The Gold Buffet, I want to do that one, and then the Wishbone Restaurant. The Wishbone people I know are traveling around the country, so if you happen to know one of the family members from any of those, tell them that Kansas City needs to hear their stories. So let's get them involved. All right, so listeners, the phone number is 913-586-7798. And today is a texting day. We're getting a lot of those, so that's the text line. All right, Paul. So, do you have any experience cold smoking cheese? Do you know anything? Very about that? little. Yeah. Little, little. Okay.
1: What I do is basically I use my uh, Weber Bullet. I'll take usually two, two to three uh, lumps of charcoal. Light one of them. Put a. Uh, when my mom was alive and still lived out in Miriam, I'd cut off <coughs> a uh, piece of the apple tree <laughs> when she wasn't looking and put that on, and that that's where I would get my smoke. Okay, and basically no heat and just just smoke.
0: Okay, so you just talked about a Weber kettle grill. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's what the the um, that's good because it's um a lot of you probably don't do Facebook or internet, do you?
1: I do a little. All right. Not well. There's Facebook a bunch of fun. I don't.
0: All right. The um, the smoke cold smoking cheese is a huge deal. Um, you doing hard cheeses or doing um, that's cold smoking, and then also doing cream cheese blocks. Uh, I
1: haven't done cheese cream cheese blocks. I've done brie, I've done cheddar, done Swiss. I think that's it. Okay.
0: Yeah, a lot of the people on there, and for the the person texting in, um, a big thing to use is without the heat because they can't
1: get too hot. They use the smoke
0: tubes. On it right, you know, that's a good way of getting a little bit of smoke yeah. without getting too much heat. True. Be able to do that.
1: But then you have to buy the smoke tube.
0: Well, yeah, then that's there's that. <laughs> I mean, your, your your solution of just doing two three, you know, uh, briquettes. That's good. Well, See,
1: I I just light one and then it'll catch the other two down. Okay, so, How
0: do you light that one? Surely you don't use lighter fluid.
1: Oh, God, no. <laughs> Propane torch. Okay,
0: well, I'm giving you the opportunity because there's a lot of people that, that still use the lighter fluid. Yeah. You know, and that's, would that be the one thing you suggest they not do? Yes. Okay, you're pretty flexible on everything else, but that, I mean, because you can taste that.
1: Oh, yes, you can.
0: It, that doesn't really burn off.
1: You know, I, I've had people, that, oh, Paul, taste this. Well, it's not too bad except for the. The lighter fluid. Lighter fluid. Yeah. I didn't you? Uh, yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. No, you.
0: You can tell. Yeah. So you know, for the people out there, you know, you don't have to do that. You can get a propane torch. You know, that's. Um, you do you, are you talking about the great big one, like the three inches for killing weeds? All right. So you're just making fun of somebody using a smoke tube because you got to buy something that's just for that, but you use a. A, a, a flame torch for propane torch that is true all right well that's all right for the guys out there it's a uh, the, the 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 kind of wannabe pyros you will love that it's a great bit that's for they sell it for what killing weeds burning weeds yes is what it's supposed to be for
1: no it's for lighting charcoal
0: yeah but that's it's it's the <laughs> fastest way of doing that yeah you know the next best thing if you don't want to do that and if your spouse won't let you do that you know the charcoal chimneys are a great way but
1: yes yeah that are,
0: won't work with a
1: with one or two with one or two briquettes.
0: briquettes. You know, but um, in a in a um, I'll use one of those uh, plumbers torches. It's a little bit smaller. Yeah, you know, but you could light one one thing on that one. Um. See, oh, do you have any memories of the Golden Osk, Golden Ox? Yes. What do you remember about them?
1: Good food.
0: Good food. <laughs> you know, I've I've I've. That's another one I want to do um, a show on, but that's good. It's gone gone through a couple of different owners that really changed the the personality right. of the place. You know, but being down in the bottoms and Toby Tobin, you know, that he used to tell stories that his dad had Tobin Seed down there in the bottoms. Right. So he was filthy from, you know, working the, the dirty job of sifting the seeds, and they had a back door.
1: I used to do that also. Oh,
0: you used to order from the back door?
1: No, no, sifting the seeds. Oh, did you really? For Standard Seed Company. That's from with my grandpa's oh. seed store See that's- uncle's.
0: See, people don't have to, kids don't have to suffer doing those jobs anymore. That's true. That, that's probably a good thing in all honesty, though. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't wish that on, on other people.
1: It wasn't hard because you had, you go up to the third floor and you dump everything. Oh, yeah, And it comes down into this thing It just, and you just, if seeds get on one side, you just rake it over. It's It's no big deal. I used to sit out and watch the people make out up on the bluff.
0: <laughs> Dad, were you wearing a mask back then? Oh, no. No, I, I don't think they allowed masks back then.
1: When I was a teenager, and that's been a day or two ago.
0: All right, so can you think of, um, for, for people that – everybody's done a little bit of smoking but what's something that's not too hard to do that gets them out of their comfort zone because it seems like a lot of people they pick the one the one dish or one meat and they kind of master that then they're scared to try anything else so I mean, what what's so if you're they already do one thing what's the next thing they should try
1: I would say you know depending on what they do I would say ribs uh, baby bags are probably the easiest thing to do and and not really mess up yeah uh spare ribs are a little harder because you got to cook them a good two hours longer i do them about six hours uh i and that's a hard one to say because i don't know what they start with yeah uh chicken is easy but then oh it's got that red stuff through it well it let smoke okay and it's good what
0: temp do you do chicken because I mean, that's that's a hard one because if you do it
1: low and slow, you're going to have rubbery skin. I, I just do, go
0: hot on mine. Uh,
1: what temperature do I cook it at or yeah. what? I, yeah. Uh, I do everything the same temperature. Oh, do you really? Yeah. And then I take it with a thermometer. Okay. Uh, I usually will pull it off around 143. Okay. 145. Everything that's going to hurt you is dead yeah. at that temperature.
0: Are you able to get crispy skin on your chicken or do you just
1: don't know if I ever made paid any attention to that? <laughs> <laughs> I've scored well with it. Okay.
0: Well, that's, that's good. good. Well, that's awesome. All right. So it's um gosh, I was going to, I had another question for you. Um on the smoking and for people doing it at home. Sausages. Do you like doing sausage? Oh yes. Where do you like to get good sausage from?
1: Uh, usually I'll make it myself, or I'll get it from Bickle Myers. Okay, that's
0: an old school favorite, isn't it? Yes. So when, um, how long has it been since? It's also, you...
1: my brother-in-law.
0: Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. Really,
1: Joe.
0: Um, you think Joe would be willing to come on the show with me? I think so. I'd love to talk to him about you know I, I mean he does some he does some really neat stuff. Yeah. You know I mean the the way they finish the beef, they, I'm I'm guessing they still do that. Oh
1: yes. Yeah. They do everything from. Harvest, I'm not supposed to say kill anymore. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> uh, and you know, cut up the whole. thing. Whole yeah, so
0: thing. so Meats that they, they raise their own cattle, but yeah. I, what makes it special? What they used to do, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but they used to get all the 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 byproducts from Boulevard Brewery, and they they finished a lot of their cattle on that.
1: Yes, they do. You know, so I don't know if they still do that. but, yeah, they yeah, they, they do.
0: All right. Well, so after this show, um, um, reach out. I'd love to have Joe on my show. I've had okay. a couple of people that good friends of mine that know him personally, but I've got a long list of people that. Oh yeah, I need to get him. But let's yeah. get let's get Joe on my show. Okay. Be able to do that because talk about the. So when you how long has it been since you've done competition barbecue?
1: Uh, last summer. Okay. So, but I hope better qualify that I've turned all my stuff over to my baby daughter. Aaron. Okay. Where do you get your
0: meat for that? Is that a big deal?
1: Yeah, the uh, I like to. And I see. I can go down to Bickel and go, in the, you know, all the way through and and pick out stuff. I get a lot of from him. Uh, I get some from Restaurant Depot. Uh, I get some from Scavuzzo's. Uh, nice thing. Uh, I've known John Scavuzzo for I don't know how many years, but I can get. Uh, I can call him up and say, pick me out two nice briskets, uh, 12 to 14 pounds, uh, and he'll age them for me okay. for three weeks. I want
0: to get him on my show, too. Can you get that?
1: Well, I can talk to him.
0: All right. Let's do that. He'll okay. have fun. <laughs> I love getting some of these old-timers that know behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff that really gets down to uh, you know, I, I just remember what I was gonna, the, My new Not really new, but one, that my newest obsession is uh, beef short ribs. I mean, it's just, to me, it's just, it's a lot shorter and it's got all the flavor of a brisket to me.
1: And I'll cook those hot.
0: How hot? I thought you'd, wait a minute. I, I can check the tape, but you just told me you cook everything at
1: 250. I pretty much do. All right. So what's well, a I hot vary. 250? Just because I cook this at that doesn't mean I'm going to cook everything at that. All right. And I don't do short ribs that often. But when you uh, do how hot is. do you go? Uh, probably 3 and a quarter. Okay. Yeah, that's about what I do on that. Yeah.
0: But I just it's just when you first buy it it looks it, it, well everything's expensive nowadays. Yeah. But it looks like you don't get much meat on it. But when but you cook that it's up it's so it, flavorful. It, oh. You know for, <laughs> for so th- that's what I would suggest if you if you're smoking and you you've mastered one meat do a beef beef rib the yeah. the, the plate ribs, short ribs.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't get the tomahawk. No, I don't, I don't get that. It's just I don't understand that.
0: But you know, you could go to Costco or all those places. There's what three or four bones on it. Yeah. You know, on the on the beef right. plate ribs, and it, you know, give that a try, and it's going to be a shorter, relatively short cook. Right. You know, three four hours. I mean, it should, it should not go over four hours. Right. But and don't don't over season it because. You want to be careful not to overseason that because it's so spread out, but it it tightens up and it shrinks. Yeah. So it looks like the the meat's only about a half inch thick, but when it finishes, it's what about two three inches thick?
1: Yes, it
0: is. You know, uh, that's, I think <laughs> I know what I'm, I, I think I know what I'm doing tomorrow because i mean, you know, doing a brisket. I mean that's a big commitment. Yes, to it do is. a biscuit. Somebody a text line to talk about pork butts. That's pretty flexible too. Oh yes. What, what would what special hot tip do you have on pork butts?
1: Uh. Do you care bone in, bone out? No, I don't. Yeah, I normally get it bone in because I get get a two pack and do it that way, yeah. uh, and I'll I will butterfly it. Uh, do you tie it? No. Uh, okay, so you just butterfly, I'm butterfly it, to... it. So it's.
0: Oh, you'll cook it butterfly. Yeah. Okay.
1: And uh, you know I want it basically one ninety to two oh five internal temperature and it's going to pull real easy that way. Are you a believer or a hater of sauce?
0: In what way? No, on, like on your ribs or on anything they smoke. Do you sauce it when you finish it? or? Do you uh, don't?
1: Yeah, I will glaze it, especially competition, because uh, that's what the judges expect. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it doesn't make any difference to me. Okay. Uh, you know, and I like sauce if I... If there's no sauce on it, I'll have a dollop of sauce on my plate and dip whatever yeah, in there. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's another personal yeah. type thing.
0: All right, since we're getting a lot of this stuff, what do you think of Texas barbecue brisket? The way they do it versus the way we do it.
1: Fan, not a fan? Well, it's good, but I like our way better <laughs> taste-wise, what? flavor-wise. Really? Yeah.
0: You know, it, it's there's it's... I mean a, a a classic Texas style brisket with no sauce, you know that has simple rub of just salt and pepper. I mean, just when it's done right, I mean it's just there's um. Have you ever been to Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas? There's a place down there called Wright's Barbecue. I mean, it is the best beef brisket I've ever had my They're entire right. life. Yeah. yeah, it's just fantastic.
1: Haven't been there. Okay,
0: <laughs> good. So it's um. Any other advice you want to give to people out there on on grilling or smoking?
1: You know, I don't know where to start. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm
0: okay. I mean, most of the people dabble in it, kind of know what they're doing. So if you had to give two pieces of advice that pretty much apply to everybody that you need to do.
1: I would say first, keep notes. Yep. What you did, what time you put it on, what time you basted it, uh, what time you turned it or whatever you did, what time you took it off, what temperature... Uh, that way, oh wow, this is great, or oh, this isn't too good. Well, you're not going to go back and repeat that. Where if it's great, you're going, okay, I do this, this, and this, and that's the way you learn uh, how to really get the yep. same product all the time. Uh, that would be the best advice I would give. And well, most people,
0: well, I, don't I, hundred percent, I. 100%, think 100% because I do tons of experimenting with baking and cooking and everything yeah. I do. If you don't – if it's not repeatable, it really makes no difference. I agree. You know, you I, know. I don't care if you think a dish is absolutely amazing yeah. or like that. If you can't repeat it, yeah. I don't really care. I mean, it's just – it's
1: – Right. It's luck of the draw. Yeah.
0: You know, and it's – I – with what I do – well, because I do it as a business, but I – I'll experiment – and do things that I don't th- that everybody conventional wisdom says doesn't work. I'll try it just to kind of see if it works or not. Right. You know, because every once in a while that conventional wisdom is based on laziness or habits. <laughs> you know, and that's you've got you've got sometimes on food, you know, if you want a food to taste better than what's out there, you got to do something different.
1: Yes. Or depending on the beer. Oh yeah, or depending
0: <laughs> on the beer. But yeah, document it. All right. So that's that's number that's that's great advice for everybody. And I would say depending on the equipment you have include the weather because if you have a stick burner stick burner or something like that then you have to know the winter the wind the weather conditions if you have a pellet grill with a good good controller on it that's not as much of a factor but. right
1: the uh, well there again that goes back to your notes yeah you yeah. Know, what All right. was it
0: like so what what else would you suggest to somebody they don't need to spend money on if somebody goes i can't really afford to go out and buy the top notch equipment I mean, would you assure reassure them that they don't need to do that?
1: I would agree they don't. Okay. You know, uh, like I said, you know, regardless what pitch you have, learn how to use it. It's as simple as that. And, you know, as simple as that, which is very difficult. But yeah. uh, it's, it's not rocket science. It's a matter of uh, having the passion or the love to doing the best barbecue you can and keep track of what you're doing, and you can repeat it every time.
0: Okay. All right. So, Paul, so you went from working in the 80s, running, doing a fantastic job running good kitchens, putting out good food, because it doesn't, you know, you don't have to have a name brand place. I mean, you're putting out fantastic food at the Holiday Inn and some other places. How did you transition from that to being one of the top barbecue competitors?
1: God given talent.
0: So, who taught you? Who was one of your earlier mentors on barbecue?
1: Well, I don't really know that I had a mentor other than my mother and father. My mother and father were both good cooks, so and I have I come a family I have five sisters and a brother, so we ate well. Uh, they were both good cooks, and I didn't know any different from what they cooked and what other people cooked until I got out in the world.
0: Yeah. What was what was what was a standout food at home when you were growing up that that was that other people didn't have the pleasure of experiencing? What was their what was her sweet spot?
1: Oh, I don't know. Fried chicken, ribs, uh barbecue, uh breakfast, homemade biscuits. Yeah. Stuff like that. You grew that. up in the city or out in the country? Uh in the country, in Miriam. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I had a friend of mine that uh, grew up on a farm at 95th and Mission, and it was a farm back then, and it had no running water, no electricity. Yeah.
1: The, you uh, know, I lived in, my dad was in the World War II, and then we lived out of, what, Pensacola, then Florida. Uh, California. And then when we, war ended, we came back to Kansas City, which my mom and dad were both from here. Uh, lived over in Fairfax Hills in Kansas City, Kansas, uh, and then moved to, to Miriam. And then we're there ever since.
0: Okay. Well, for the new listeners, my guest today is Paul Kirk. His nickname is the Baron of Barbecue. You've had a long life in food service of different kinds and and have really made major um, mark on Kansas City in the barbecue world you know I, I think that's 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 fair to say you know it's um, I want to thank you for what you've done because part of what Kansas City has become and the listeners to my show understand it's that the reason we have I think one of the best food scenes in the country is because of people like you and Paul Robinson you know Gilbert Robinson oh, yeah. you know you know some of those people that that did a lot to change, the way things were being done, instead yeah. of just doing it the way it was, you know. And today we live in a world where franchises and fast food and and just cooking off what the the food wholesalers make is kind of way people take the easy way out. And I think we have a great food scene here. So I want to thank you.
1: Thank I want to make you. sure I,
0: I remember to do that on air. And it's just, um, and my show is just is I love finding people like you and hearing some of the backstory and some of your other thoughts on different things. So that that's pretty neat. So, what other kind of food when you don't eat
1: barbecue?
0: I'm guessing you don't eat barbecue out anymore.
1: Occasionally, do you? Yeah. Yeah, it's you know I I remember my wife. My wife, she's tired of it.
0: Did she help you at competitions?
1: (laughs) Oh yes. So my 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 baby daughter Karen, the, uh, but the whole family, you know, helped. Yeah. No, I mean, it's basically a. Uh, A quiet party, a family get-together. Right. What have you. So, no. And and I hope my daughter keeps going that she has, what, my Oklahoma Joe pit. Okay. Which was designed and built for me. It's one of a kind. Well, that's pretty neat. It's hanging it. There's a long story behind that, which we won't get into,
0: (laughs) So so, how long, how long ago were you really kind of at your peak in competitions as far as doing it all the time? Gee, like, what decade know. would that be, 70s, 80s, 90s?
1: Oh, I would see 70s, 80s. Okay.
0: And you said your daughter competes now? Yeah. Okay. What's the biggest change from when you were doing it and what she faces today?
1: Don't pay attention. Couldn't tell you. Okay. The uh, now I say I've been to every Lenexa competing. I live about half a mile from there. I love it when yeah. they do it there. I've done I do I've been to every American roll except the first one didn't know about it. Okay. Oh. So. I don't know how many years that's that that is. 47 yeah.
0: anyway. All right. Oh, I, I thought of another thing I was going to ask you so that some of the people on the on the boards and the internet, they talk about getting wagyu wagyu uh, beef like briskets. Right. Is that is that a waste of money? Or does that make, do do a lot of people do that on competition?
1: That I don't know. I don't, I haven't done it. The, uh, can't afford it. Well, yeah, uh, I mean,
0: you're talking double <clears throat> or triple the cost.
1: Right. You know, and a couple months ago I was in, I do was a grocery store, Sam's or Costco's, uh, and a brisket was $89. Yeah. Please, Packer brisket, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the uh, I haven't done it, but I think it makes sense just because of the marbling.
0: Yeah,
1: in uh, uh, people say marbling, yeah, how much fat's in it? Yeah, uh, and people say, well, what difference is that in me? There is so much flavor in fat, and that's what gives your meat yeah. your your basic flavor. It just doesn't uh,
0: seem right to me to spend four or five hundred dollars on the brisket though.
1: Oh I I concur. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I could never do that.
1: I couldn't either. Well good. I'd be divorced. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, not not even on a special well, you know, I mean it's it's crazy where food costs are going, what it's gonna I mean, oh. where does it end? Um I was at Costco and they had king crab legs, you know, which I mean that's the ultimate food. Forty five dollars a pound. Wow. $45 a pound. You know, and a single leg is over a pound. Yeah. You know, but it's just, I mean, who would have thought that brisket would be at 5 $6 a pound for an untrimmed, you know, Packer brisket? Because, you know, back in the day, you're talking, you know, less than a dollar a pound.
1: I remembered it, $0.49. Cents. Well, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you know, I mean, it, it's, you know, people, the number one food people miss that is, you know, the, the old uh, pastrami sandwich. You know, at, at at the
1: Jewish deli. That's my that's my wife's favorite sandwich. Well,
0: yeah, but you know, back then, you know, you had a pound of meat on a sandwich for three dollars. Yes. Well, the brisket was 30, 40 cents a pound.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and it's just and nowadays you're talking six dollars. So six dollars a pound if it's thirty, I mean you're twenty times
1: Well, it's six dollars a pound, then you cook it, you lose fifty yep. percent. Yep. So
0: and, and so the you time. up
1: to twelve, thirteen dollars a pound. Oh
0: yeah. You know, so, but, you know, if so, if back then, if you take that 20, 20 times ratio, oh, we got to get ready to, uh, we're getting ready to go. Hey, the listeners out there, thank you for listening today. Uh, Come out to Best Regards Bakery, 119th in Glenwood. Love to see you there. Sorry.
2: This concludes this broadcast of Kansas City Food Memories.